0: Welcome everybody to the 11th episode of the Struggling Scientist podcast. A podcast by scientists, for scientists, anyone science-adjacent and perhaps even hobbyist. My name is Zanna, and I'm here with my co-host Jeron. Hi. Today we also have a special guest, Maria Clemente, with us. Hello. So it's the first time we actually have a guest in our uh, podcast, which will be exciting, I guess. And the idea is that we're going to talk about a paper that uh, Maria just published, where she's first author on. And Jaron, why don't you tell us the uh, the title of the paper?
1: Oh my god.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason why I ask you, right? Yes.
1: (laughs) So, the title of the paper is 4.5 Limb Domains Protein 2, fhl 2 Between Brackets, Deficiency Protects Mice from Diet Induced Obesity, and High fhl 2 Expression Marks Human Obesity.
0: Okay, let's start. Congratulations, Maria. Oh, thank you. Well, it's not just me, you know. (laughs) Yeah, no, Jaron is actually also on this one. Also, congratulations, Jaron. And everybody else on there, (laughs) of course, who who isn't here now. (laughs) So, Maria, we try not to do the often uh, very awkward introductions that are so common at um, congresses, where we just go through your entire (laughs) CV of what you have done before. So instead, we would like to ask uh, what you want people to know about you. And introduce yourself a bit. Okay. Um, well, first of all, thank
2: you both for inviting me. I'm very honored to be the first guest of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're ready to introduce my name, uh, Maria. And what I want them to know about me, well, I'm in my fifth year of PhD, uh, should have been four, but you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> Nobody does it in four. <laughs> well. Some people probably do. Some people more. So I would say average.
1: I believe the average is like five point something now. So
2: perfect. Then we hmm. are we are on schedule. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. And well, I'm half Venezuelan and half Spanish. Uh. By if it's what is relevant, I studied biotechnology in Madrid. Um. Then I did my masters. In genomics in the UK in the University of Nottingham and then I moved here to the Netherlands to do the PhD um, and I'm in the AMC so in, uh, in Amsterdam um, with both of you so that's <laughs> that's also nice that I get to meet a lot of nice people.
0: Nice so why, why did you decide to come to the Netherlands for a PhD? Was that planned or was it an accident?
2: It was by chance, actually. Um, so you mean it was it's not because not... of the great weather. <laughs> Sorry,
1: it's not because of the amazing weather.
2: Uh, well, I was coming from UK, so you know,
1: improvement.
2: I think that's, that's out, out of, uh, of of the my ideas uh, to move <laughs> to a place. <laughs> um, but it was by chance because my supervisor during my masters, um, he put me and my boyfriend, who's also doing the PhD uh, here in the Netherlands. He puts us in contact with a PI in Utrecht, um, and that's basically how we landed here. Okay.
0: Are you liking the Netherlands so far?
2: Yes, a lot. I am actually, we are both planning to stay here for a bit. So Yeah, oh, it nice. will be probably to move at some point, but for now we like it here.
0: And um, are you also liking the PhD
2: so far? Well, uh, it's a tricky question, I think. Uh I I would say that it depends on the year that you have mm-hmm. asked me this question. So my last year and or my third year, or my second year, I would have answered something different. Uh but overall I, I'm happy. Yeah, I like it. I'm okay. I'm happy where I'm at.
0: And what, what made you want to do a PhD to begin with? Uh well, actually for me it was Never like a a
2: decision I had to make. It was just a bit natural. So I don't know for the rest of the people, but when I finished my bachelor's, I knew that I needed to do a master's also because uh, back then I remember at least in Spain, I guess that it's also in the rest of European countries, but the bachelor's went from five years to four Mm. uh, and they did this in order for you to then get the fifth year with a master's um and that's how it was a structure for me so I knew that the master's was coming and I actually did a master's uh in in UK that is called master's of research uh so it's basically based on a project that you do in a in a lab mm-hmm. so that's basically when I knew okay I want to continue doing this this is what I like
1: but so you really just you like being in the lab then uh, that yeah. aspect you like
2: yeah, like the whole thing of of being assigned to a project and you know, um, yeah, following the performing the experiments, thinking about what next, you know, I really like that.
0: So now about this amazing paper you have mm. just published. Uh, where where is it published Journal of Metabolism, right? Yes. Okay, nice. So can you give us a, cor- a short summary of your paper? Of course, we have read it, but um, our yes. listeners not. So can you please like. Tell us what the short summary and what the main message is and what you want people to know about or remember about your paper. Uh, Well, yeah, it's uh,
2: probably a not very common protein that people, uh, you know, the the general uh, people know. Uh, But we are interested in uh, this protein that is called FHL2. It's even hard to pronounce. But so basically it works as an interaction platform It's a protein that has many, many different known interactors. um, And depending on the cell and the interactors, it's involved in in a particular pathway that goes from cell cycle to gene regulation. And the interesting thing about our paper, I think, is that it's the first time that it's in the context of metabolism. Um, So it's the first time that it's uh, implied that FHO2 has a role in metabolism, in this case, in obesity. And basically, what we use was a mouse model that lacks FHL2. Just, we gave them a high-fat diet, and then we just uh, phenotype, And we found that actually lacking FHL2, it's uh, good for the obese state, because uh, the mice that don't have FHL2, they gain less weight, they expend more energy, and we found some hints that it could, this could also be the case in humans, uh, because uh, ob- Humans with obesity, apparently, they have an increased expression of fho 2 in the adipose tissue, and that we think that it correlates to a worsen phenotype.
0: Okay, very mm-hmm. interesting. And when I read the paper, I saw that there is like a big phenotype, a lot of significance, I have to say.
2: Oh, that's good to hear.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I I was
2: impressed. I was impressed. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. But it doesn't make it easier, though.
0: No, no, I noticed that you guys did so many different things. and um. That might have made it more difficult and easier, I think.
2: Yes, if you ask me, yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> Sometimes you have too much of a good thing, right? It can be. We are very excited to be able to introduce you to our new sponsor, Jenny AI. Not only does Jenny make our podcast possible, it also makes our life as scientists so much easier. Jenny is an all-in-one writing assistant that has everything that we have been missing in our AI tools.
1: Yes, first off, unlike other AI tools, it actually finds accurate information in papers and cites its sources. It does not make things up and only uses real verified information that you can then also check the source of.
0: Second, it's a writing assistant trained for academic papers and helps you write your paper by suggesting the next sentence or the end of your sentence. Or, if you get really stuck, you can ask it to write an entire paragraph, completely removing the writer's block I so often struggle with when I don't know the right words to make my point. It helped me write an introduction to a paper I've been struggling with in half an hour. It even suggests which papers to cite. You can add your own library or search the entire internet for papers. Just type the add symbol to easily add a reference and it gets automatically added to the reference list.
1: And the last thing we absolutely love is that it has an AI chatbot that can see your document and give feedback on how to improve your manuscript. Or you can ask it questions, such as what are the potential therapeutic benefits of and it will search through the papers for you for the answer. I can only say that my stress level has gone down significantly since I started using Jenny. Check out the free version now at thestrugglingscientist.com slash Jenny. And if you love it, use the code SCIENCE20 for a 20% discount.
0: So out of all these awesome experiments in your paper, which one are you the most proudest of or happy with? And that's not necessarily the one with the best results, of course, but which one, which one makes you happy? Um, I think. That, I mean, I don't know if, uh, yeah, not for the result,
2: but because I enjoyed doing it. It was a metabolic cages uh, experiment. Mm -hmm. So it was very nice, very complicated. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's definitely long because it, at least for us, it took five days and it just generates so much data. That's what I liked about it. So Mm -hmm. just for a few days, you get so much information and yeah, I think that's, that's my favorite.
0: Okay, nice. Mm -hmm.
1: And speaking of which which experiment was the biggest struggle then
0: Oh my God,
1: <laughs> everything was a struggle
2: <laughs> I think more to be honest, I think that more than an experiment it was the fact that our mouse model is a full body knockout mm-hmm. um, so of course, when you talk about metabolism and obesity you're you're talking about the crosstalk of so many tissues, pathways. So many factors that are, you know, having an influence on it. So I think that the fact that, yeah, it was hard to know where to look at. So yeah. we definitely had a, a nice phenotype, but it was hard to know what thread to follow, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think I, I understand that because you guys looked at a lot, lot of different things and it's hard to pinpoint what, of course, is then the cause of your phenotype in the end, right? Yeah. Definitely. And which part of the um, working on the paper did you enjoy the the most? The writing, the reading, the designing figures, the doing the experiments, the meetings, (laughs) or?
2: uh... Um, I mean, all of them are okay. (laughs) (laughs) Are they? Are they though? One better than the other. Well, but to uh, to answer to your question, I love making figures. I this is something that I really really enjoy. Um, it takes forever, or at least mm. oh, yes. I can spend days in just one figure. Then I think I'm done. And then I just see, oh my God, no, I, I want to change the whole thing again. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's my favorite part. I, I also enjoy writing. Not, it doesn't mean that I'm good at it, <laughs> but I, I enjoy that too.
0: Well, your figures look very pretty. I Also like your, your color scheme that's so cohesive throughout. I love those things.
1: Is it easier to make a figure when the result is significant or does that not? <laughs> I
2: mean, that, then With, it's better, right? Like yeah, you had it in just the best possible way.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, now this next question was definitely Jadon's question. So you, you can ask it.
1: Are there any minor typos or mistakes that you've noticed in the paper?
0: After it was accepted. <laughs> oh my God. Of course there is. Yes, you have actually looked at it. I didn't dare to read my pap- my first paper after it was published because I was too afraid to find mistakes.
2: So I, I did do that. And, and of course, everyone that has gone through the process probably can relate that at some point you don't know what you're looking at. Mm. You have seen that document and those figures so many times uh, that it, it, it's just a big blur, right? so yes i did find a mistake i'm gonna confess i'm not gonna tell you which
1: no of course not
2: (laughs) i don't want you to find it out
0: (laughs) yes well like i said i didn't even dare look i haven't i haven't opened the paper except for looking at the figures ever ever (laughs) since it was published
2: (laughs) i'm too afraid strange feeling right like yes it's there's something out a part of you that it's out there and you don't want to see it. No,
1: <laughs> your baby is just being cited by other people.
2: Yeah, yes. I, if that happens, I think it hasn't
0: been cited yet. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Mm, not yet. <laughs>
0: yes. Mm. Mm, have you ever ever tried explaining the paper to your family and friends? And did they did they look at it? What did what did they think?
2: So here I can really make a distinction between my family and my friends. Uh because my family, you know, my both my parents, they're not scientists, but they are very supportive. So they asked for the paper. They none of them speaks English. So <laughs> ah, that challenge. makes it
0: like extra difficult. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. But I did try to I, I did explain that to them, uh, especially because they were interested. Mm. Uh, but my friends, they congratulated me and uh, you know, they told me, Oh, that's awesome, but they didn't dare to ask because mm-hmm. I think they They are like, yeah, I'm not following
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Mm. no. It's always already nice if somebody's interested. I always try to show the pretty pictures and then I'm already happy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean,
2: they they do know that I work with mice, so that's a topic of interest for them. They also don't want to know the details, so I don't give it to them. (laughs) Mm.
0: No, exactly. Did you ever have conversations with them about working with mice? Um, I've been asked, you
2: know, if I have any, you know, problems or struggles with it, which I, when I started, I thought I didn't, but Mm -hmm. with time, I have to say that uh, if I can reduce the work with mice, I think, uh, I I would like to do that. Mm -hmm. For your future or just in general? No, I mean, just personally for my future. Um, Yeah. Especially because I mean, working with mice and and doing other type of research is, is very different. Now I know because I have this other project that it's uh, not based on mice but just cell culture um, mm-hmm. and the, the way of working is very different and um, yeah I, I think I'm enjoying it uh, now. Also I, I have both uh, but it, it's definitely challenging and it's stressful for me at least.
0: Yeah well it's really nice that you got the chance to do both in your PhD. Yeah. Do we have any specific questions about the paper, Gerald?
1: No, not specifically. I was like, uh, I was also like trying to pinpoint some things, like, mm, but no. Uh, you know
2: too much. About I know it, too huh? much. You know too much. <laughs> he shouldn't have any questions, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> what does FOG2 actually mean? You know? <laughs> no.
1: Can you name all of its uh, other names? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Then uh, some general. PhD-related questions. A PhD is never easy, of course. We all know that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be the struggling scientists. Um, (laughs) What do you think the biggest hurdle uh, to get to this point of the PhD has been? The experiments, the people, corona, of course, also happened.
2: Yeah, and well I can as as you said, uh I think we all struggle, right? Otherwise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's true. It will be a nice title for your podcast, the relaxed sciences, you know, and everything <laughs> well, we goes wish. fine. We wish. <laughs> uh, but I think it, it maybe it sounds a bit silly, but I, I think the biggest hurdle it's it's science itself, you know. Uh, I think at least for me. Like learning how to manage the frustration, you know, at, at the beginning, you think that everything that goes wrong, it's because of you, you know, because you don't know enough or you're not good enough uh, or you're making mistakes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, then with time, you realize this is how it goes. So yes. you can spend a lot of time, effort and, and everything you got, you put it into something that doesn't work. Um, and I think that dealing with that frustration is is the most difficult part of it, at least for me yeah
0: yeah, yeah. i w- I would agree actually, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I although did. I have to say scientists are also difficult people,
2: <laughs> oh definitely <laughs> yes i mean
0: <laughs>
2: definitely i I wouldn't know outside science you know i i, I we that's just go true. that's true, yes. yeah
0: it's all it's all the people we actually know are scientists yes (laughs) that's our life right now right
2: yeah definitely it's true that a a lot of of the phd i don't know if you also guys feel the same but you are quite on your own uh Mm -hmm. at some point i mean you of course get a lot of help a lot of support and i mean in my case i have a very nice group and department but many times you are on your own also because you know you are with your project, you are in charge of everything. Uh, you want it to go as smooth as possible. And it never does. It never does. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think especially how the science in our department is set up. I mean you have departments where there's a postdoc and then there's PhDs under them. But with us as PhDs, we're we're just on our own um and have to handle everything ourselves which i guess has has definitely definitely benefits but there's also some some negative
2: oh definitely i mean it is quite a training right i mean i yes. think at the end of it you you finish victorious <laughs>
0: yes and that i've also dope. i have also seen this relationship between the postdoc and the phd year goes wrong so many times that i that i i Definitely. Think I'm. I'm quite happy with how it is with us, actually.
2: <laughs> well, but I, I. I don't know. I think.
0: I mean, as I said, I think
2: that most of it we're on our own. But the times that I have gotten the opportunity to, uh, you know, be with someone—not in our, in my case, not a postdoc, but you know, uh with someone else involved in the project—it's also in the case with Jaron. Mm-hmm. It's so nice as well, so you don't feel so lonely. Um, or maybe you can share the pressure a little bit
0: yes that's nice too
1: lots of memes about the frustrations (laughs) (laughs) yes do you also feel like you've gotten bad just overall better at handling the the frustrations over the years
2: yes well i would like to think so (laughs) i mean i definitely feel stronger now to to deal with it you know if, if something fails for the 16th time I don't feel like I want to jump out the window,
1: uh, maybe <laughs> Good, the 17th, <laughs> uh,
2: so I think, I think that just by going through it and knowing as well that everyone goes through it, um, I think that, that, that really makes you stronger and I cope with it better, I think.
1: Okay.
0: I can imagine, but I also think that the further along you are, the worse the stress so it's sort of this balancing act where you get better at handling it, but it also becomes worse. So <laughs> there's always like this stress level that just...
2: Yeah, I mean, it is true that the, the time is definitely a factor. Right? Yes. yes. PhD, you have limited time to get your stuff together. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yes. So um, if you could go back and you could give yourself at the end, let's say at the end of your first year, any advice, What or even before starting the PhD, what would it be? I would say that my
2: advice for the younger Maria um, would be it's okay not to know everything from the start. It's okay. It's okay to ask. And, but definitely to feel comfortable to say, I don't know something. Which is uh, at the beginning, I thought, you know, I had to prove myself. Um, mm. I have to show everyone how good I am. And you know you you are also scared of saying, yeah, I don't know this. I mean, and, and the funny thing is that I think that you're not supposed to know. You're here to learn. Like, that's, that's what the PhD is about. You're forming yourself to be an independent scientist. Uh, I don't think that, I mean, I, not that I know myself, but I don't think that you never stop learning. And this, like, it, it really surprised me the first time that I listened to my PI saying, yeah, I don't know. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, she doesn't know everything. So <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know everything, maybe it's okay for me not to know everything.
1: And when would you say you actually, when when did that click for you then? when you know.
2: Well, definitely. So when, when she expressed that she didn't know something, that was mm-hmm. really helpful. At least, uh, you know, I realized, okay, this person that I think knows everything doesn't. So... Maybe I don't have to be already like a fourth year or, or a fifth year PhD or a postdoc uh, when I'm just in my first year. Mm. Um, I still don't know everything. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you, know, you know this saying that the more you know, the less you know. Mm-hmm. So this is something that you, when, when you know, the, the, just the years pass by, you realize it's so true.
0: Yes, mm. Yes. Do you think little Maria would have listened? your great advice.
2: I mean little Maria probably was so stressed. She was so (laughs) stressed of you know I don't want to get fired. (laughs) Or you know that I mean a lot of people struggle with this imposter syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. And definitely if you're doing a PhD, most likely you are also suffering from it, at least when you start. (laughs) Yes. They are gonna know that I don't know anything. Uh I shouldn't be here. Everyone is smarter than me. Oh, Leo Maria was thinking like that and I don't think that will change. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that everyone is smarter than me, but I'm okay with that now. Oh,
0: good, good, good. <laughs> so after publishing your first paper, is there anything you're going to do different for your next one? Have you learned anything from this? <laughs> well,
2: as I, well, the, the topic, yeah, absolutely. Because as I said, I'm not working with mice anymore. But I, there is something that I definitely think was a very good lesson. And it's that I did so many experiments. We did so many experiments for this paper. And at first I wanted to show them all. You know, I, I want them, you know, just to see everything we did, everything we tried. And that I understood that that doesn't make a better paper. So to learn how to build a story uh, that maybe we had to sacrifice some experiments but that made sense, you know, and mm-hmm. that was just the necessary to explain the phenotype and the hypothesis. I think that's what I learned from from this first experience.
0: Oh, that's actually a really good one.
1: I would have bought something along the lines of don't put, already focus too much on putting the references in in the correct way because of, with all the edits.
2: Mm. Absolutely. So because, of course, he is speaking from inside, you know, yeah. <laughs> he has inside <laughs> info. Um uh, I'm I'm a reference freak.
1: <laughs> <So>
2: <laughs> I just I I every time I just type one line, oh, run the reference, you yep. know. <laughs> just put ah. in there.
1: <laughs> Then everything gets edited anyway, so uh. Exactly,
2: yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> so definitely. So I if t- for people that are listening, if you're writing your first draft of the first paper, no need to have all the references <laughs> already Perfect. Just to
0: remember which paper it was though, otherwise you're also screwed later. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, something in between. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have the other problem often. <laughs> what do you enjoy the most about doing research? Like tackling big problems like obesity or learning and working with new cool techniques and methods or
2: Well, I I'm going to do a confession here, which is I don't particularly enjoy doing experiments.
0: Okay. Okay. No, so it's
2: it's not my favorite part. So that for me, it's just a price to pay. <laughs> so I I'm I really like, as you said, solving problems. You know, mm. and and basically like knowing. I want to know. It's just just for the knowledge itself. <laughs>
0: mm. I hear that actually a lot, especially as the PhD go- goes on, that people start hating doing experiments more and more and more and more.
2: Mm. Well, by exposition, I think that. You're just tired, right? But yes, in my case, it's true that I never really liked doing experiments myself. I, I prefer to analyze data. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: the The obvious question I needed to ask you, and uh, I thought when I thought about it, is, what is your favorite technique, and why is it Western blotting? <laughs>
2: um, so I, of course. I mean, for people listening, it's a (laughs) bit of an inside joke (laughs) because I call myself the Western queen.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay.
2: A bit, a bit presumptuous, I think. Um, (laughs) But I've done so many Western blots uh, for this project. Uh, It's a little bit of a love-hate relationship. (laughs) Um, So I have to
0: love it. I'm looking for these Western blots in the paper now, but... Um... They're the, the ones that oh, got... Oh, this, I isn't. found one. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So uh, before I mentioned that a
2: lot of things didn't make it. So...
1: <laughs> all those Western
2: blots. All All of those. <laughs> so as you can, you know, by exposure, I got to love it, but I hate it.
1: At the same... You became so good <laughs> at it, but you just hated it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: Okay. Do you have any, uh, any tips for our listeners who might be thinking about doing a phd or doing a phd at this moment Mm, i mean
2: because it's i think it's different the tip i will give to someone that it's already doing it uh, Mm and then someone that it's thinking about doing one Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you're already doing a phd i would yeah well again it's okay not to know everything Mm -hmm. it's okay to ask and uh, look for help definitely and also Many times, you know, when when you're stuck in in an experiment or in an idea or a, or even a hypothesis, I think that if it if it just it's not working for you or it's just for any reason not working, then start looking for alternatives. You know, just it, it's okay. You you can let it go, even even if if you put a lot of effort in it. I know it hurts, but at the end, it's it's what it is, right? It's it's part of the job and. If you start looking for alternatives, then you will see that it's not the end of the world. There's probably just another pathway or another technique that is useful for you.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: And for someone who's planning on starting?
0: Planning on starting? Don't do it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, no, I want to keep it optimistic, you know. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't know because I, I, for example, I have a lot of friends that finish their master's and they were struggling with the idea. They didn't know if they wanted to do a PhD or not. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay for people not to do it as well. You know, I think that when you're doing a master's in research and, and you know, in this field, you're, you feel obligated somehow uh, to, to follow the pathway of academia. And I don't think it's necessary. I mean, if definitely, I, for me, it was very clear that I wanted to do it. And I would say that definitely, if, if you think you can do it, give it a try. But it's also not the end of the world if you don't. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have to say it often, it often is sort of the, the, the logical path to take, but I think you should only do it if you, if you really, really want it. Mm. And if you have... I think, yeah,
2: there are other options. I mean, you just need to look for them. We are sold this idea that this is the only way to the top.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then in the end, after the PhD, you're like back at that point where, where you're trying to figure out what to do, right? So, exactly. Yes. <laughs> you're just <laughs> in the
2: same point. Yes. With one degree more.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much, Maria, for being our first ever guest on the podcast. Thank we will you. We'll be forever uh, uh, mentioned, of course, as the first one. Yeah. Um and thanks everybody for listening. I hope you guys found it super interesting as I did. If you want to comment or, or reach us, you can do that via our Facebook page, our LinkedIn page, our Twitter, our Twitter, uh, or our email account, which is the struggling scientist at hotmail.com. And hope to see you next time. Bye. 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 Thank you.